Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The scriptures for this weekend are very appropriate for where we are in the liturgical year. This is the last weekend of ordinary time. Next week, we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. And after that, we begin Advent. Now, if you look at the scripture readings, especially the first reading, as well as in the gospel, they can confuse us and be a source of great fear. Now, if you look at the first reading from the book of the prophet Daniel, the passage that we heard this morning is one in which the Israelite nation is occupied by the Syrians, who tried to impose Greek language and culture and religion on all the Jews. Now, many of the faithful Jews chose death rather than accept the pagan gods. And so Daniel is writing essentially a message of hope. Hope for people that are in despair right now, which the Israelites are. And the message, therefore, for us is that when we are depressed and we feel challenges in life, we have to have faith in God. As it says in the responsorial psalm for this weekend, Keep me safe, O God, and you are my hope. And so I think, really, the first reading as well as the gospel for us this weekend is not a message of fear or something that we should be alarmed at. But instead, it's really a message of hope, hope for us all. Now, as I've said many times, before we enter into the gospel, it's important to understand the context in which it is set in. Right now, Jesus has just entered into Jerusalem with his apostles. Now, this is an awesome experience for the apostles. Now, remember, the apostles were Galileans, which is a rural territory. And so they've never seen a busy metropolitan like Jerusalem. It's the major city. It's the capital city of all of Israel. Now they are exposed to large buildings, large crowds of people bustling around in the city. And so Jesus and the apostles are in the capital. They see all this, the buildings, the marketplace. They're in awe of it all. Now they come to the temple. Probably the most awesome building in all of Jerusalem. It's undoubtedly the most beautiful and the most impressive building the apostles have ever seen. You know, picture the scene. Here are the apostles, these we could call country bumpkins, standing before this beautiful temple in awe with the great splendor of it. And then Jesus says to the apostles, In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give light. The stars will be falling from the sky and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Now, upon hearing this, you would think that the apostles are really shocked. You know, a good analogy to help us understand and appreciate what is going through the heads of the apostles. Can you imagine yourself in Washington, D.C., gazing upon one of the many statues, the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Monument, or even the Capitol Building? And Jesus comes up to you 
and says, all of this will be torn down in your generation. Or picture yourself in St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, and Jesus tells you the same message. All of this will be destroyed. Now, this is shocking language. It's hard to believe that it could actually happen. And yet he tells the apostles it's going to happen in their time. In fact, the entire world will be destroyed. Now, again, listen to what Jesus says. In those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give light, the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Now, can you imagine what is going through the minds of the apostles? Here is Jesus, the Son of God, telling them that the whole world, as they know it, will be destroyed. And they will be witnesses to it. It's all going to happen in their generation. Now, this language that Jesus is using We refer to it as apocalyptic language, which apparently describes the end times. Now, the apocalyptic language has been very popular for centuries on end, and not just through our current century, but for hundreds and hundreds of years, people have been fascinated with the end of the world. When is it going to happen? How will it happen? Now, if you go to any bookstore or if you go to any bookstore online, you'll see pages after pages or shelves after shelves talking about the end of the world. You know, several years ago, there was that series of le- called Left Behind, sold millions and millions of copies. You know, there was that movie several years ago that was entitled 2012. It was a prediction of the end of the world and how and when it would happen. So many people have been fascinated with this event. So what are we to make of these readings? And how are we to understand the message of Christ and Daniel? Well, if we take this gospel as well as the book of the prophet Daniel as a little description of the universal and cosmological events that will definitively occur during the time of the apostles, well, then we're going to stand on some pretty thin ice. Well, how can this be? Well, listen to what Jesus says a little bit later. Amen, I say to you, This generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now, when Jesus says all these things will happen before this generation passes away, it means it will all take place precisely during Jesus' time and during the time of the apostles. The sun will be darkened. And the moon will not give light. The stars will fall from the sky. Well, all this should have taken place during Jesus' time. Well, what's the implication here? Well, if we take these readings literally, it looks like Jesus is dead wrong. Why? Because the world is still here. You know, the moon is still up in the sky at night. The sun is still illuminating the earth. You know, the stars are still up in the sky. Instead, if we take this literally, none of this happened. And so we have to be very careful and very aware to not take this language too literally because then it undermines Jesus' credibility. So what does it all mean? Well, look at the style or the genre of this language. Again, it's referred to as apocalyptic language. Now, that word apocalyptic, apocalypse, it comes from the Greek word Apocalypsis, which means unveiling. Translated into Latin, 
It means revelation or revelation, to reveal. To reveal something to this world. Well, what is being unveiled, revealed to us? Now read it again. The sun will be darkened. There will be tribulation. The moon will not give off light and the stars will be falling from the sky. Well, it's all cryptic language. But when did we actually see the sun darkened and the moon not giving off light and the stars falling from the sky? We saw it on Good Friday when Jesus died. Then really, literally, the sun was darkened at three o'clock in the afternoon when Jesus died. You know, that is attested to in all of the Gospels. And so this did actually happen when Jesus died. And so the stars and the moon and the sun, take it to another explanation. In the ancient world, they were used as a means of navigation. In the same ways, people steered their lives according to the stars or the moon or the sun to navigate by land or by sea. Well, take it to a symbolic level. Their lives were governed and influenced by the powers of this world. Well, Jesus is talking about, in this language, the way in which you govern or your life is ordered to by the principles of this world. Well, all that will change through Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus is telling the apostles, you could say he's warning them, something powerful, something new is going to be unveiled, which is his passion, death, and resurrection. The apocalypse something that will be revealed to the world, it'll happen during Jesus' generation. Jesus essentially is talking about how powerful his passion, death, and resurrection will be. These events are going to be earth-shattering. The Son of God dying on the cross and then rising to new life in three days later would have turned the universe upside down, and it did. Jesus, you could say, is forewarning the apostles, that his impending passion, death, and resurrection is going to have far-reaching effects that will change everything, everything in this world, including the principles and the laws and the properties that govern people's lives. How? Well, look at how Jesus was killed. He was killed by the religious and political establishment of his time. The Jewish authority and the Roman soldiers, they executed Christ. Now, they represent the powers that governed and ordered people's lives at that time. Something was deeply flawed with those powers that were governing the world. They were deeply wrong because they killed Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity. Well, now through Jesus' resurrection, Jesus is not only going to conquer those powers, but the greatest power that ruled over the world, the power of death itself. Through Jesus' resurrection, Jesus will reveal the apocalypse. He will unveil to the entire world that those powers that once governed the people's lives, the power that people navigated their lives by, now they're all destroyed. They're thrown out. Those powers were fear and violence and sin and death itself. Well, they no longer govern our lives. Through the apocalypse, through the unveiling of Jesus's death and resurrection, that's the apocalypse. That's the good news. That's the message of hope that Jesus is getting us. Apocalyptic language is something we shouldn't be frightened of. 
Instead, it's a language of good news. It's a language of life and hope for us all. Friends, a new order was unveiled through Jesus Christ's passion, death, and resurrection. Now our lives are ordered to Christ. Now we navigate our lives according to Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. Now we navigate always our life, always ordered to Jesus Christ, participating in a life with him, now and for all of eternity. And friends, that's the message of hope. That's the message of good news. That's what is unveiled in the apocalyptic language of Christ in the gospel. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.